Let's just share a prayer together. Let's pray. Our Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. And we do pray that you would help us as your sheep to follow you as we should. We pray for Steve now as he speaks to us on this subject of giving away your time. We pray you will help him and we pray you will give us ears that will hear, that will understand and wills that will be willing to put into practice what your word tells us to do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's said that you can uh, buy it, you can save it, you can spend it, you can waste it, you can kill it, you can use it, or you can lose it. You can be in it, or you can be out of it, but you cannot stop it, you can't speed it up, and you can't have it again once it is past. Time is the great equaliser. Everyone's days are exactly the same length. J. Oswald Sanders, the uh, missionary who eventually directed the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, said these words. The management of our time should be the number one priority for us. Without some organisation of our day, it will waste away without purpose and drain away without accomplishment. The number one priority for us. That's what Oswald Sanders said. He achieved a lot for the Lord. He said also these words. What is the difference between one person and another? The difference between one man and another lies largely in their use of time. In fact, your time is your life. And our theme today how you give away your time or how you use your time is really how you're going to use your life. The hours that God has given you. The first verse in the Bible mentions time. The last book of the Bible speaks about the end of time as we know it. One of the Ten Commandments is all about time. It's the longest one. We are all subject to time. The eternal Son of God was like you and me, and he became subject to time as well. The one big difference between man and all the animals. Never see a rabbit with a watch on? God has put eternity in man's hearts. We know what it is. Time and eternity. We're made in the image of God. We have an eternal spirit. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on earth, he said, he referred seven times in the Gospel of John to his hour. The Son of God was working to a divine timetable. My hour is come, he said, on the day before, the evening before he died. There was once a man standing in front of a, uh, a group of high-powered achievers. And he said, it's time for a quiz. And he took out a wide-mouthed jar. And he put six big stones in the jar. And he said to the guys in the front row, is that full? And one of the guys says, yeah, that's full. So then he poured out a jug of gravel. And he poured the gravel into the jar. And it filled it up more. All the bits between the stones were all filled. 
And he said to the guys in the front row, is that full? And one of them said, uh, yeah, I think it's full. So he took out a bucket of sand. And in the jar, which had the big rocks and the gravel, he poured the sand. And he said to the guys in the front row, is that full now? And they caught on by now and they said, uh, we don't know. <laughs> he said, good, you're getting the point. He poured out, he pulled out a jug of water. And he poured the water on top of the sand, on top of the gravel, on top of the rocks, which had filled the jar in the first place. And then he said to the conference, he said, what's the purpose of this illustration? One guy put his hand up and he said, well, it shows that no matter how busy you are, you can always get something else in your life. (laughs) And the speaker said, no. The lesson is this. To fill the jar, you put the big rocks in first. You put the big stones in first. My talk is very simple today. God has given us four things, four verbs, four things that we must do with our time. They are big rocks. They go in your life first. And you'll find that the other things will come together around them. We're going to look at four ways that the Bible says we're going to use or give away our time that we've all been given. God calls us to worship. He calls us to work. He calls us to witness. And he calls us to wait. Four verbs we're going to look at how we're going to give away our time. Let's think about the first one, shall we? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. There's only one part of the Bible that was written with the finger of God and spoken with his own voice. Holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write down the scripture. But for the Ten Commandments, God himself put it in stone for us. We're going to look at number four. God spake all these words. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Worship. We're thinking here of weekly worship. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger which is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea. And all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. The longest of the Ten Commandments is all about time. And God says, the first principle about our time is that we put God in the right place. We put him at the top of the agenda. And our worship must be the first priority in the life of every believer. Weekly worship, daily worship. Let's think about weekly worship for a minute. Man was made to worship God. You were made for a relationship with God. It was broken through sin when Adam and Eve went out their own way. That's what the first, the third chapter of the Bible tells us. 
the most, the biggest thing that influences us all today, that Adam sinned and went away from God. And he walked out on God. And in the garden, in the cool of the day, we find God coming to meet with man. But he was hiding in the bushes. Man's, God seeks a relationship with man and we were made for that relationship with him. And when we come to know him again as believers, it's our delight to worship him. And on one day out of every seven, even for Adam who hadn't sinned, we're told in Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 that God blessed one day above the others for unfallen man. And we're commanded one day out of every seven to cease from our own agenda of legitimate, worthwhile activity, whatever it might be, work, recreation. One day out of seven is for the Lord. It's his holy day. Now, friends, these commandments have never been cancelled. They've never been withdrawn. They've never been taken out of circulation. They're part of the eternal law of God. The Lord Jesus Christ said these words. uh, Think not that I'm come to abolish the law or the prophets. Think not. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He went on to say, whoever therefore breaks one of these least commandments and teaches men to do so, he'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do them and teach them, he'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And he spent the rest of his opening sermon in the Gospel of Matthew, three chapters, expounding, the rest of that chapter, expounding the law that's written in these verses for us. When the Lord Jesus was on earth, you always find him in the synagogue. One day in seven. He was always there. And uh, the apostles, they met with the risen Lord Not on the seventh day, but the first day of the week, because they wanted to honour the resurrection that God had brought his son out of the grave. Everybody dies. But those who believe in Christ will be raised like him one day. And in honour of that resurrection, they meet on the Lord's day. And and, uh, very quickly after that, they did that, and the church since that time has always honoured the Lord's day, the resurrection day, Sunday. And a key part of how you give away your time is how you use this day. It's a divinely appointed day for worship and fellowship. Ignatius, a man who knew the Apostle John, 105 AD, wrote these words. He spoke about the Lord's Day being the queen and the prince of the days, different from the others. A little later he wrote about not observing Jewish feasts, but living for the Lord's Day. Living for the Lord's Day. The early Christians held it in high esteem. Personal testimony. When I was a young Christian, no one told me about the Lord's Day. I was a believer. I was enthusiastic. I loved the Lord. I liked to go to witness. But, you know, my Christian life was a bit like a roller coaster. Have you ever been a roller coaster? You go up and then you go down. And then you go up and then you go down. And my spiritual life was a little bit like that. Why was that? There were the highs. They'd often be followed by the lows. And uh, I don't think I'm the only one. I went on a UBM team. And one of the things that UBM taught me was, there's a day. It's the Lord's Day. You don't just go to church once. You go twice. You don't fill your afternoon with homework, as I used to do. But you try and find something for the Lord to do. 
At first I rebelled against this. But you know, as I tried it out, I found it brought a stability. It helped my Christian life more than anything else to just even things out. One day for the Lord. You don't achieve less when you give to God. You achieve more. You look at some of the great achievers in history. Maybe men who've honoured this commandment. And uh, I think UBM has always been there. Certainly taught me to keep the Lord's Day. It's a blessing to me. One of our founders was the vice president of the Lord's Day Observance Society. Steve's dad, uh, Werner. And uh, that's where we are. And I commend that to you, dear friends. Put the Lord first. Start with his day. Can I ask you a question? How important is the Lord's Day to you? Sunday. Are you in church morning and evening? Are you a twicer on the Sunday? Do you cease from your work and give it to the Lord? I remember sometimes I had an exam on Monday morning. Very tempting, isn't it? To spend the Sunday getting ready. Do you know, I did feel it was right to honour the Lord's Day. I worked till five to midnight on a Saturday night. I got up early on the Monday to try and cram a bit more in. All I can say is the Lord's honoured it. I never failed an exam. And uh, since the Lord showed me that I should keep his day holy, you have to pack the other things in the other six days. Legitimate work will come on to that. But the Lord honours those who honour him. Eric Little wouldn't run on a Sunday. He loved running. He was the fastest thing on two legs in his day. He loved it. And when you love something, you know, it's easy to find a way round, not doing what you should. But even when the prince of England spoke with him and said, would you just run in the heats for your country? He wouldn't. He served the higher king. He said, I can't. And God honoured him. And before he ran in another race, the American athlete came up to him, who was also a believer, put a bit of paper in his hand. Those who honour me, will I honour? And little round. And he won. God honoured him, not just with a gold medal, but with a world record. Do you know, putting God first, we never, ever lose. How do you give away your time? Worship. And uh, God has get, it's called one day in seven for him. Give Sunday to the Lord. Scripture guarantees you'll be blessed. Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14 used to be read on UBM teams many, many years. Let's turn to it, shall we? Isaiah chapter 58 verses 13 and 14. A commandment about the Lord's day from the prophet. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honourable, shall honour him, not doing thine own ways, not finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord. I've spoken it. God's promise to you. Well, weekly worship. What about daily worship? Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I find this is one of the most challenging verses in the whole of the New Testament. 
In Mark chapter 1, you get a day in the life of Jesus Christ, how he spent his day. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Let's find out Jesus Christ started his very busy day. Who packed more into his life than the Lord? No man. How did he start his day? How did Jesus kick off every morning? You've got a verse here which tells us what he did. Verse 35, St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. Dear friends, if the Son of God needed to get alone with his Father at the start of every day, and I speak to my own shame here, how much more do you and I need to rise up and meet with God before we meet with men and women? If Jesus needed to do it, friends, if Jesus did it by example, shouldn't we? And you know the saying, dear friends, If you want to get up before, if you want to get up early to meet with God, it starts, a good quiet time starts the night before. If you want to soar with the eagles in the morning, you cannot hoot with the owls the night before. (laughs) Dear friends, how did Jesus start his day? Folks, how do you start your day? Is God your priority? You seek to meet with him. UBM taught me two things as a young Christian. To honour the Lord's day, keep it holy. To rise up early, to meet with God. It is important. Weekly worship with the Lord's people. Daily worship with the Lord himself. I challenge you, as you go away from this conference, to rise up tomorrow, to meet with God in his word, in, his pr- in prayer. And get your heart right before the Lord. Paul, last night, challenged us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with God. I'm never nearer to God on this earth than on my knees with a Bible seeking his face. What about you? Let's be there, shall we, tomorrow morning. And it starts tonight. Get yourself a good night's sleep. You need it after this weekend. And be up with the Lord tomorrow. And keep going. Not just tomorrow, but keep going. And if you fail, never mind. Start the next day. Get yourself a scheme to read the Bible. Read a bit every day. Work through. Have a plan to read through the Scriptures. Two years if you can do it. One year is even better. Three years if you just like to read a chapter a day. You'll finish in three years. Get yourself meeting with God each day. From now, for the future. God will bless daily worship. How do you give away your time? You put God in the first place. He's the, as it were, the the big rock in the box first is worship weekly and daily. You will achieve with your life. You won't achieve if you don't. Work. You know the commandment went on to say these words. It commanded us to go on to work. It says, remember the Sabbath day. Don't forget God once a week. Remember it's God's day. But also he said, six days shall you Work. Something we've got to do. Man was made to worship, but you know, God put man in a garden and said, till the ground. 
He gave him something to do. Diligence should be the mark of every Christian. Go through the book of Proverbs and mark every time it says the word diligent. Look at the rewards that there are to the diligent. Do you know one of them, another challenging verse in the New Testament? In Colossians 3, it speaks about doing your daily work as unto the Lord. What does that mean? You work for your employer as if he was the Lord. You've got to be diligent. Are you a student? You've got to study hard. Are you, are you an employee? You've got to do your daily work as unto the Lord. As if the Lord Jesus was your boss. Did you get there on time? Did you give your work in on time? Did you show up for lectures or classes or whatever it is on time? You should be. We've got to work six days. What about unemployment? Well, that's a sad fact of life for many. We're living in the day of unemployment. It is a, it is a, it's a possibility. And, uh, but my advice would always be to do something, anything, if you can. Don't worry about it being beneath you. doesn't matter. God honest, uh, honors honest toil. Do something rather than nothing, if you can. God will bless an honest day's work. And, of course, it's always easier to get a job, a better job, if you've already got one to start with. Uh, Werner Wright knew a man who took a job brushing up in a supermarket. Some people said it's beneath you. Never mind, he wanted to work. Within two years, he was the manager. God blesses honest toil. What sort of an employee are you, friends? Do you get there on time? Or are you late? If your boss was asked for a reference, could he give you a good one? Could he be positive about you? What sort of a student are you? Is your work in on time? You to do your daily work as unto the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy six days for work. And we are commanded to be those who work for the Lord. Do you know a great study to go through the book of Proverbs? If you like the book of Proverbs, I love the book of Proverbs, one of my favourite books. Go through and do a study on the sluggard or the slothful man. Find out what he does. See what he doesn't do. Challenge your heart. We've got to be those who are busy. Busy for the Lord. Busy to honour him by honest work. We've got to worship weekly, daily. We've got to work. We've got to earn our bread. If any man will not work, says Paul, let him not eat. We've got to be workers. The great challenge of the New Testament is this third verb. Witness. Witness. Now, last words, friends, are very, very important. If you knew it was your last day on earth, what would you say? Who would you say it to? Let's consider, shall we, the last words on earth of our Lord Jesus Christ before he went to heaven. The last words of Christ. We find the same command repeated in all four Gospels and in the book of Acts. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the Lord said, the risen Lord said, go into all the world. Go ye, go you, my disciple, into all the world and preach the teach, teaching all men. And lo, I'm with you always. The presence of the risen Christ in the context of world evangelism. 
In Mark's Gospel, go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature, to all of creation. The idea, every blade of grass. Don't miss anybody. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. The risen Lord to his disciples. Repentance and remission of sins. The great message of the Gospel that men should repent from their sins and receive forgiveness through faith in Christ. You witnesses, he said, of these things. In John's Gospel, the risen Lord said, As my Father has sent me, so send I you. Think about how God sent Christ. He sent him. He gave him. And friends, that's how Jesus sends us. In the same way that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Son sends his disciples to be his witnesses. And those final words, You shall be witnesses to me, to the uttermost parts of the earth. The great unfinished task of the church is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person in every country, in every age. Only this generation can reach this generation with the gospel. How to give away your time? A big rock in that box should be evangelism. The Lord says for us to love our neighbour. How can I love my neighbour if I don't tell him of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Part of my love to others is to tell them of the gospel. You say, I don't have time to evangelise. Have you ever done a time audit? Have you ever added up how you spend your time? John Wesley, the great evangelist who reached this country two or three hundred years ago, said these words. He knew the difference between five minutes and ten minutes. He knew how he was spending his time. Stop the leaks. For some of us, have you ever considered not having a TV. Have you ever considered that? You think how much time we can spend in front of the box in the corner? Could that time be spent better for the Lord? Set aside time for evangelism next year. Get yourself a diary. Put your beach mission weeks in first. Fit the other things round. That's a big rock. Put it in the box. Set aside time for the evangelism of your church. Of you see you, whatever. That's a big thing. Put that in first. Let's fit the rest of life around the big things. Worship. Work. It's got to be done. Witness. According to the command of our Lord. Ten years ago, Daniel Moore was sitting where you're sat. A young man. Keen. Wyala. And beach missionary. A doctor from Liverpool. And he decided at the age of about 25 how he was going to spend his life. He said, I've got one life. He said, I'm going to spend three years training to be a missionary. I've got two years to settle in a tribe, build my house, get my family, learn the language. I've got three more years to go through a teaching program to bring the gospel to these people who've never heard before. And then another ten years to live amongst them to translate the Bible and to find a church. That's how I'm going to spend the next 20 years. How to give away your life. He's there now. He's given his life to that task. Jesus said, you'll be witnesses to me, to the uttermost part of the earth. I wonder is there another Daniel sitting here, or a female Daniel who wants to do that with Christ and give their life to his work. Put the rocks in the bucket first. Put the big ones. Worship, work, witness. And the final one. 
Paul told the Christians in Thessalonica these words. To wait for his son from heaven, even Jesus, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. We don't know how long we've got. We don't know when Jesus Christ is going to come back from heaven to earth once again. It is the next big event on God's calendar. The return, the physical, personal, visible return to earth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to wait. That is our attitude with the hours that we've got. We are working towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be the Lord himself. It won't be an angel this time. It won't be a prophet. It will be Jesus himself. It will be an awesome day. The dead in Christ will rise first. Those who are alive, who are believers in him, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. It will be the end of the world as we now know it. And we will be ever with the Lord. Robert Murray McShane, that holy Scottish preacher who saw revival in his day before he died at the age of 29, would open his curtains every day and say these words, perhaps today, Lord, perhaps today. We need to remember, don't we, this world is not our home. Everything you see around you will go one day except this His word which heaven and earth will pass away, but this will never pass away. Our home is in heaven and we live with heaven on our minds. We are those who are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Realize, dear friends, the importance of using your time. Pray about it. Give it to the Lord. God's given us instructions. We've looked at four of them this morning. How we should use or give away our time. Worship, work, witness and wait. Let me finish with a poem. Learn to make the most of life. Use each happy day. Time will never bring you back. Opportunities swept away. Let us pray. Father, we do pray with the psalmist. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Lord, we all fail here. But we ask, Lord, that from this day, make us better stewards of the time that you've given to us. Help us, Lord, we pray, by your grace and by your power, to make our time, our days, count for eternity. Help us, Lord, we ask, to be those who meet with God each day. Grant to us, Lord, we might be those who honour that Queen and Prince of Days, Lord, that you've said we should give to you and keep holy and use it, Lord, for you and enjoy you on that day also. Help us, Lord, we pray, ever with the lives that you've given us to use them as witnesses, to give our time, Lord, to this great task of evangelism. Help us, Lord, we pray, to make time for that great task. And grant, Lord, that we might be faithful 
unto the coming of your Son from heaven, even our Lord Jesus Christ, who delivered us from the wrath to come. We ask these things in his precious name. Amen.